welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode number 118 for Saturday the 15th of September 2018. I've got a lot of general news for you this week. I'm still not writing. Um, If I do get back to writing, it's going to be probably in about a month's time, actually, which feels really strange for me. But I have calculated that I could get a 90,000-word first draft book written by Christmas. So I'm going with the plan. I'm going with the schedules at the moment. I'm really enjoying being immersed in marketing. You had heard my rant, if you listen to these diaries, you heard me ranted about how I was so busy producing books, I wasn't doing any of the important stuff. And it's just, it feels really good to me. I hadn't realised how many things I, I just let go because I've been so busy writing. And I can't tell you how much I'm valuing this time just to catch up with all these things that I know how to do that I just haven't done. So I'll get to all of that in a moment or two. And I forgot to tell you two things last week. I'll tell you the first right now. And that is that I appeared on this month's podcast edition of The Worried Writer, which is an excellent podcast uh, produced and presented by Sarah Painter. Sarah is, I guess you'd call Sarah a hybrid author these days, but she's predominantly traditionally published, um, but has self-published as well. The Worried Writer is a great podcast. Uh, There are lots of sort of buddy podcasts, I think, that, that really suit listeners to this podcast and that's basically people who are getting started in writing or people who are you know concerned about writing and have a lot of um, problems with procrastination things like that Sarah really delves into the the difficulties of writing and uh, I was pretty frank about uh, some of the issues that I have and possibly stuff that you may pick up on you know, it's sort of in passing in these diaries, but not stuff that I've spoken about specifically, the, the kind of mindset stuff, um, productivity and, and probably self-doubt. You probably pick up the self-doubt stuff um, week by week, but but I don't tend to talk about the self-doubt stuff in a formal way. And that's what Sarah's podcast delves into. So um, the podcast itself is well recommended, but I just wanted to also let you know that I've appeared on an episode and I will put the link to that in this week's show notes but if you just want to find it go to google search for the worried writer podcast and it will pop up magically in the search engines and sarah of course has been a previous guest on this show too again if you just go to the a to z index at selfpublishingjourneys.com you'll find that episode and you can listen to me interviewing sarah as well so let's dive into my writing news. I told you last week that I'm taking part in a couple of giveaways at the moment i just wanted to update you on those i'd not been doing giveaways because of GDPR. It's all settled down around GDPR now. I mean, we'll, I'm sure we'll have a couple of big cases, uh, but but it's all settled down, I think, on a day-to-day basis, as, as these things usually do. Um, and so I'm back to giveaways now. Very happy with the way BookFunnel Instafree have handled GDPR. So I'm quite comfortable using those outlets. Um, on Instafreebie, I've got two giveaways going, and I've had so far... 143 claims of Don't Tell Meg and 104 claims of The Grid Part 1. Over on Book Funnel, I've had 241 claims of The Grid 
And uh, this surprised me, actually. 439 claims of burden of guilt and 695 claims of dead of night. Now, if you're new to this lark and you're wondering, well, why would you give books away for free? I'll, I'll delve a little bit deeper into how I'm turning that into, into money and, and real life readers in a moment or two. But if you think about it, when you, most people's problem is that if they even manage to finish the first book, it's like, uh, they, they get the first book written. They think that's it. They think it's over. And actually what you learn is that actually it's not over. It's just the beginning and that it's all right writing a book. You've got to sell it now. And this is actually the first disappointment people have when they build their first website. They go through all this effort and, and messing around to get a website built. And they expect that when their website's up, that the world will come to them and I'll be a millionaire by the end of the week. And it just doesn't work like that because the whole you know, point of this is that having created the thing, whatever the thing is, we then have to find customers for the thing. In our case, that's books. It's all right writing them. It's more difficult selling them. So the purpose of these giveaways really is, is, is I call it the sausage on a stick technique, which is where you give something away for free, a sample for free. The entire aim of it is to get people to buy your product. We're not doing it because we're hugely altruistic and we love giving stuff away for free. We're doing it entirely because the expectation is that a percentage of the people who get our free stuff will then turn into buyers and that we will make money from that. Now, in my case, I've now got two series of seven books. I got seven thrillers and I got seven sci-fi books. So it's well worth me giving away um, the first in a trilogy. So the first of my Secret Bunker trilogy or the first of my Grid trilogy or with my thrillers, the first in my Don't Tell Meg trilogy uh, and the uh, maybe one of my standalones. But my standalones obviously then tease ahead to my other books. So I'm giving away a book free to find a reader. And if I find a reader, they've potentially got another six books that they can pay for. So that's where I would make my money on the other six books. Now, clearly not everybody, you know, a lot of people will get that book for free, not even start it. Some will start it and hate it. And then you'll have a percentage who start it, read it, love it, and go on to buy the other book. So you're you're losing people all the time throughout this process. But if you look at that over, it's about two weeks, I think we've had those giveaways going. What is that, about 250 500, that's about one and a half thousand free books, you know, given away in that time. And I'll talk to you about how I've, I'm, or I'm really working hard now to sort of monetize giving away free books in a moment or two. But just to boil down to those figures then, in the last 14 days, that's added 233 new leads in Mailer Night. Now remember, this is post GDPR. In the old days before GDPR, Insta Freebie and Book Funnel would have forced those uh, potential readers to subscribe to my email list to get those books. So I'd have had about one and a half thousand new leads as a result of those giveaways. With GDPR, people don't have to sign up for a mailing list and that's absolutely fine. I'd rather have people who, who, who want to sort of be on, on a mailing list because I'm paying for them. If you compare the fact that when I started internet marketing and knew nothing about it, it took me a year to get 25 subscribers. And I've just got 200 and about 10 times that, uh, just short of 10 times that in 14 days. You can't knock those figures. And if you think that those people who are registering in MailerLite now, they're super qualified, they're super interested because there's no one forcing them to 
subscribe to my mailing list. Uh, they're there entirely voluntarily and they can leave at any time. So, um, you know, clearly the, the numbers are down, but um, I think it's too early days yet to say about the quality, but the, the numbers are down, but I'm still happy with those numbers. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit later about how I'm super making a lot of effort now um, to, to use every kind of ninja trick in the book to turn those free books into into cash to make sure that when I give stuff away for free, so I had as much chance as I possibly can uh, of making some cash out of that. Okay, so uh, the other thing about um, promotion is that, I, as you know, I'm listed wide at the moment. I'm now listed wide on all of my books. So Who to Trust came out of say, KDP Select on Monday, and it's now listed wide. So uh, Draft the Digital has got it live on Apple and Barnes and & Noble already. Uh, it was on Kindle, of course, already. It's on Kobo now. And I've submitted it through Publish Drive. Um, and Publish Drive is very easy to submit to, but it seems to take, if there's, if there's a problem with Publish Drive and it's not Publish Drive's, uh, fault, it's that Google, um, Play takes a long time to approve the books. You know, I've, you're not, it's not going to happen instantly in the way that it does on Draft the Digital. So knowing that now, I can just, I can just budget that. I mean, no, no, nobody dies, but that, if there was a frustration with using Publish Drive, um, and again, you know, I have, to emphasize, because I like Publish Drive a lot, that's not their fault. It's just that it seems to take a long time for Google Play to, to say okay and get them published. So, um, so Who to Trust is now wide, which means that all 14 of my published, uh, fiction books are now wide. Now I'm on Kobo and I've said to you that I really like Kobo, but I'm not earning enough money from Kobo. If you look at the number of books that I've shifted in my dashboard on Kobo, I'll just go and take a look at it. It's something like 6,000, 6,000, 6,500 books I've shifted since I did that promo. Not not all paid, by the way. Some of those free. And I've only made about 250 quid off Kobo. And that, that just doesn't feel right to me. So I think I've said this before in the diaries. I, I need to, when I get to it, because I'm obviously working a lot of other marketing things at the moment. When I get to it, I'm going to have a really close look at Kobo and look at best practices, you know, best practice from authors that I know are doing well on Kobo and just see what I can do to squeeze more money out of that. Because I'm having no problem shifting the units. It's just not making enough money for me that the unit to cash income ratio is, doesn't feel right to me. So I will be taking a closer look at that. Um, but I am, um, one of the things I love about Kobo and, and I highly recommend this to you. When you're on, uh, KDP Select, you could do five free days or you could do a, what do they call it? When, when you could change the price, uh, stagger the price. Um, and isn't that funny? Sorry, just as I'm talking to you now, I've just got an email from, uh, Publish Drive saying that my book's now been sent off to the store. So this is uh, the uh, burden of guilt, which I've also listed on Publish Drive this week. That's just been sent to the store. So Publish Drive are fast enough. They, they, they get to it pretty quickly. You just have to wait for a while to be listed. So that's funny that that should come when I'm recording the, the podcast. Anyhow, back to these Kobo promotions. Um, KDB Select just give you a, a fairly limited and bland range of promotions. They are very effective, having said that. Um, but Kobo does all these, you know, fantastic promotions, and it, it has a rolling program of promotions. So, for instance, if I look at it now, there's the Romance List free page, the Sci-Fi free page, uh, the Fiction and Non-Fiction free page, the Editor's Pick in Romance, the under three dollars ninety nine sale, the double daily deal, uh, all uh, homepage placement that you can pay for, all sorts of things. 
that Kobo do. And I, I've just learned that you just keep you just submit to everything, and some you win, some you lose. So at the moment, if you look at my promotions in Kobo, I've got one active, I've got two ready, i.e. they're starting at a later date. I've got seven pending, so I've submitted my books to seven. Can you, you know, it's ridiculous, isn't it? But I've um, submitted them to seven promos, so I'm waiting for them to make a decision on that. Yeah, I've had 14 declined, so you have to, you just have to throw mud against the wall with these pros. Don't worry about if they're declined. It's not like a book bub where you go away and cry for six months. It's just some you win, some you lose with Kobo, and and you win plenty. Uh, and then I've had four completed promos, so I've had two on phase six, one on the uh, the box set, and one on one fatal error. Now, as I said to you, I'm not happy. You know, Kobo's working very, very well for me for free. So it's getting books into people's hands, but it's not working well for income. I need to sort of crack that and and concentrate on that at some point. Um, But um, I do love those promises. I love everything about Kobo, except the fact that I'm not making enough money on it. So (laughs) I am going to come back to that. I should be making more money on Kobo, you know, the number of books I'm shifting. So um, I highly recommend Kobo to you. And, And previously, again, you remember that I listed on Kobo um, through through um, Draft the Digital originally and had very limited success on it. But li- uh, listing directly on Kobo, which is what I always wanted, um, is, is working much, much better for me. I'd have to say with Kobo, I think you've got to list direct on Kobo because you're not going to be able to get all these promotions. And the other thing I absolutely love, and I know it's a really kind of petty thing to love, but I do love it, is the map showing where I'm selling all over the world and I've sold in... Um, 57 countries. I, I was in my day job looking at an article the other day about a firm that that was talking about exporting and, and sort of getting excited that they're exporting to 49 countries. This is a traditional bricks and mortar company. And I was looking at that and then thinking about my Kobo dashboard, thinking, do you know what I'm exporting to? Well, 56 countries it'll be, won't it? Because one of those will be the UK. So I'm exporting to 56 countries and I'm sitting in my study at home in Cumbria and uh, it's just digital products. Now, I think that's amazing. Absolutely, you know, an incredible thing to be able to do in this internet age. And of course, you know, I could do that from wherever I am in the world. So um, that that Kobo, I really love that map. Uh, you know, it's worth, it's worth doing Kobo just for the map. But I'm 57 countries. And when you start to look at the map and dig into it and start to see it precisely where you are actually selling copies. Very exciting. I'm selling in countries I haven't even heard of. Now, my geography is not very good, so don't put any weight on that. But um, it feels amazing to be selling in countries you've never even heard of. Don't really even know where they are. So um, it's very good for my geography as well, being on Kobo. Just while we've been chatting, by the way, how many I've got, I've had six, one, two, three, I've had six emails in from Published Drive. So just to let you know, within so within 24 hours, um, published drive has processed the books that I've sent to them and they've now sent them to the store. So the delay is going to be with the stores, um, processing them, not with published drive. So Google plays is pretty slow. I think it took over a week last time, but I'll, I'll let you know if, if it's faster this time, I'll let you know. Um, but effectively I've now moved, um, all my standalone threads. I hadn't realized I hadn't listed my standalone thrillers on Google Play. So I've got Burden of Guilt, Dead of Night, One Fatal Error, Who to Trust. That's all my standalones now being submitted to Google Play. And then I've got the standalones for the Don't Tell 
Meg trilogy. So the Murder Place, Don't Tell Meg and the Forgotten Children. Um, those three books, the three standalone books of the trilogy had been submitted directly to Google Play, but I hate the interface so much. It's so confusing that I've just um, done what's called a permanent delist and I've relisted them on Publish Drive. And I did write to Publish Drive and say, is that going to cause any problems with author names or anything like that? And they say, no, absolutely not. And I did actually check it that um, the books that I have on Publish Drive and the books that I listed directly in Google Play, they do come in under the correct author name. So it, regardless of, of whether I listed them directly with Google or whether I put them on Publish Drive, it was still pulling them all together as the same author name. So that's interesting to know too, if you've got a you know, foot, foot in both camps. But I'm moving right over to Publish Drive. Now, I listened to the brilliant um, interview with Joanna Penn the other day with one of the co-founders of Publish Drive. You know, I love the whole fact that they're, so international they try to get you into chinese markets and things like that i you know i totally believe in that stuff and um and also i you know i can tell you although i i'm old enough say old enough i've been doing this since, since 2014 but i do i'm lucky enough to be able to list directly on google play <clears throat> i'm absolutely rejecting it because i hate the interface and i'm moving to publish drive it's much easier to see what's going on in publish drive okay back to the other stuff now and uh, i don't know whether you remember me telling you a few weeks ago that I I missed the trick, and this this is why I'm just so keen to be working on the marketing. So I know I know the tricks. I know a lot of the tricks. I don't know all of them. Wish I did, but I know a lot of the tricks. I know I know a lot of best practice, and I haven't been doing it. So, for instance, when I wrote the Secret Bunker trilogy and the Grid trilogy, at the end of each of those books, you have teasers to the next books to encourage you to read along. Yet with uh, Don't Tell Meg, I didn't do anything there. I didn't do that, and so I, I'm I'm coming up behind now. Too late. Well, it's never never too late, is it? This is the joy of self-publishing. We can do it whenever we want to. But I am now um, cross-fertilizing my books much more effectively. I don't know why I didn't do it on my thrillers. I, you know, why didn't I do that? But anyhow, too busy writing and publishing, not busy enough thinking about marketing. So I just wanted to let you know that um, I, I put the first chapter of Dead of Night at the end of The Forgotten Children. And The Forgotten Children is the final part of the Don't Tell Meg trilogy. My feeling was is that when I was looking at the reviews, I'm getting lots of read-through on books two and three. And, you know, people people who uh, who get to book um, books two and three are just leaving five-star reviews. You know, by the time you've decided whether you like book one or, or not, um, you're kind of in, really. You know my style. You know, if you don't like it, you can go away. If you do, then you carry on. People are carrying on reading. And so I was sort of sensing in reviews that, you know, people had really enjoyed the story and, and kind of wanted more. But they, I was not seeing any, any buy through to my other book. So what I've done is I've put the, the first chapter of the book that I think, you know, feels very much like the, uh, Don't Tell Meg trilogy. And, um, so, so that I can give people a, a, a you know, when they, you know, when you're reading something, you just want to keep on reading. I've allowed them to keep reading, and then I'm, I'm obviously promoting Dead of Night, and I've seen an immediate uptick in sales on Dead of Night. You know, it's nothing huge, but uh, you know, before it wasn't in that bestseller list. Now I'm seeing it in my bestseller list on on Book Funnel. So it's not a huge amount, but that is that that absolutely definitely has to be because of the promotion, the extra promotions that I'm doing that, you know, that was not doing that of its own accord before. So I'm putting that um, down to the forgotten children. Um, and I'm going to be working on my vellum files. I'll talk to you about that in a moment or two, what I'm doing with that, um, you know, to really push this, to give people the first chapter of another book when they finish one of my books. So if they've enjoyed that, they, they keep they keep reading. I know what it's like as a reader, you just want to keep reading when, you, when you're into something. And, and then we, we hopefully hook them on the next book. And, I, and I've been really bad at this with my thrillers, and I'm, I'm determined to address this. Um, a lot of what I've been doing this week is um, around sort of covers. So 
Um, I had several books listed in Create Space, and I just uh, you know, and you'll know by now if you're if you're listening to any other podcast that Create Space is closing, and they're all moving into the KDP dashboard. Now, um, the last two or three books that I've written, I've put them directly in the KDP dashboard. It's really easy, no problem at all. And to be honest with you, I like everything in one dashboard for Amazon. It suits me. But I had some legacy books in Create Space. And when I logged into CreateSpace, I think it was on Monday, maybe at the weekend, last weekend, I got this message saying, you know, it's time to migrate. So I just did them as a job lot. I had been doing them one by one. I had been trying them one by one to bring them in as I needed them, but I just did the lot. Uh, and that seems to have been, you know, fairly, fairly smooth. Um, what I am going to do, I'm just kind of, I've got a half ass in it really. I've done a little bit of the evenings this week, but I, I'm checking them through. Sometimes you have to link, if there are problems, it's with linking an ebook to a paperback book. So I'm just kind of working through those bit by bit and making sure they're all linked together. The right books are linked together. Got a little bit of a problem, which I think I'm going to have to contact support with in that for some reason, I don't know why this is. Um, I think it's the second book in the Don't Tell Meg trilogy, The Murder Place. It seems to be pulling in an old cover that I haven't been using for ages. I'm not quite sure what, what what's going on there. So I think that might be a support desk issue. And I am just uh, trying to adjust covers so that they look fine in, in Ingram Spark as well, because I'm I'm sort of listing on Amazon through CreateSpace, and then I'm going wide. I'm aiming to go wide in Ingram Spark. And I'm going sort of wide on Ingram Spark with every cover that has a professional cover on. So I've got four that have my... Paul's dodgy DIY covers, Who to Trust, Burden of Guilt, Dead of Night, and One Fatal Error. Those have my dodgy covers. And I say dodgy, they, they don't, doesn't seem to affect sales very much, but eventually I'd like to pay to get proper covers on those, but I can't afford it at the moment. Um, but they've got my homemade covers on them. So I, I'm not going to put homemade covers on, say, a, a, a book on Ingram Spark that, that could, in theory, end up in a bookshop. But those, um, how many books have I got? Nine books with professional covers on they might as well go at ingram spark and i'll make those available for wide distribution so um i'm that's a kind of what i call a chugging job um i'm chugging it along uh, uh picking it up leaving it i tell you what i have found interesting though when, I, when i've just not been quite happy with cover alignments i tell you what i have found very uh good for doing this is canva so when you go into your cover and, and if your cover's not quite right, you'll get an error message saying we were expecting a cover of these dimensions and you get it, and your cover isn't that. So what I've done is I've taken the dimensions that, that the KDP dashboard wants, created a, a template in Canva, moved my cover over and made adjustments in Canva and then downloaded it as a PDF file which creates basically Ingram Spark are quite happy with. So um, if you have to do any sort of tweaking with your covers, Canva has been brilliant for that, for, for getting a perfect size and creating the PDF that makes CreateSpace and Ingram Spark happy. So um, that's just a little kind of byproduct, really, of all of this. But it has worked very uh, well for me. And I'm just working through that. It's a bit of a boring job. It's the sort of job I put some music on and work through. But I, I will eventually get through that and have um, all my paperbacks on, Create space and, and and Ingram Spark, the ones that have proper covers on them. Uh, as you can tell, you know, lots. This is all lots of marketing stuff, and um, you know, it's pretty important, really. Why I was pushed into this marketing is, you know, as you know, if you listen, if you've listened to this diary for any length of time, you'll know that I don't have any problem with the production. I can get the books done, 
but um, there's no point just writing a pile of books and not selling them. And this this kind of focus this that I'm having over summer is about selling stuff, about making money, because I'm not in this for a hobby. I need to make money from this. And to me, at a personal level, it's not acceptable for me to just keep writing book after book and not get better at selling them. And that's really what this marketing focus is all about. And I have to, I have to say, I've said to my wife, I, I haven't done any training um, over summer. I've just kept it clear. And uh, I haven't got anything booked in, any of the corporate training booked in. I'm, I'm hoping no one notices because I'm really enjoying uh, just working on my stuff on Thursdays and Fridays. I, I, I really enjoyed it. So I'm doing my three days at, at the day job, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then I, I've effectively got this wonderful Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, where I'm just working on these marketing jobs. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Um, and, and just getting loads done. All these things that have been bugging me for ages. And, and I'm just getting all these things done at the moment. And I can sort of, I, I, I say I can see the end. I can see the end of the list of things that I wanted to get done. Um, but it's just for, it just feels great to be doing all this stuff. So I'm in no hurry to go back to any kind of corporate training. And because I had to, I'm having, my, you know, my income's up because of the book bub. That's also replacing that income. Um, you know, so, so the, the business account is, is flush again at the moment, which always feels nice. Um, and I don't need to do the corporate training to top it up in any way at the moment. So I'm hoping no one notices that Paul's gone quiet and, uh, and I can continue to use those days because I'm thoroughly enjoying it at the moment. I really like having the, the Thursday, Friday to, to work, uh, on my stuff, just my stuff. Um, I am starting or resuming the weekly interview episodes from the 1st of October. And I did the first recording on Monday. Yes, it was Monday. And I've got the next, I think I've got another four guests booked in. Um, so that's, that's the first four interviews, weekly interviews. So they're going to carry on for the 1st of October. And, um, the other thing I'm going to do with that, I think I suggested this to you last week is that, um, I, I'm based on the feedback I did. So th- thank you very much. If you, if you, completed the questionnaire that I had before summer, uh, which was really just asking you some basic questions about the podcast. And I can tell you tell you what the summary of that was, is that people love the podcast diary. Um, people take or leave the interviews. You know, if it's something that interests them, they listen. If they don't, they don't, if it doesn't interest them. Um, that the ideal length for uh, a podcast interview is uh, 30, uh, 45 to minutes to an hour. And... Um, what else was it? There were other things, but that, that was the kind of key learnings from that. So what I'm going to do is I, I'm, I'm going to resume the interviews, but I, I may peg those back. I'll just warn you this. I may peg them back to one a month again. Um, I'm just going to, you know, pick up the weekly and just see what disruption that makes on my ability to market. But I, I, I have a feeling that I haven't really seen any, uh, problem with the numbers, with the download numbers as a result of going to one a month. So what I'm going to try is just a series of interviews, um, slightly shorter, and I'm going to put uh, DVD extras, as I call them, into the Patreon account, just a sort of quick five minutes into the Patreon account. And I'm just going to try that for a couple of weeks. And what I may, you know, I'll, I'll pre-warn you that I, this is on a on probation, that's the word for it, isn't it? that um, I'm going to see how much time it takes because, you know, it used a couple of evenings uh, recording, researching and editing that interview. And having had all this time for marketing, you know, marketing makes direct money, um, I may go back to the one interview a month format. Uh, but I'll give it I'll give it a run out and see how it goes. And I'll let you know what my thinking is with that. 
But with that in mind, I've now got, or I'm, I'm shortly going to have 120 author interviews, uh, a back catalogue, if you want, of 120 author interviews. And just like my books, just like the way I had a tizzy about the books, and I'm I'm writing books, but I'm not doing anything to market them, it's the same with this podcast. So I have a, a back catalogue of 120 interviews, yet when do you see me promoting previous guests? You see me pr- promoting next week's guest, but you won't see me promoting old guests. So that's what I've been doing this morning. In fact, I'm recording this as a little, little bit of a break because I've just done 30 of them. What I'm doing now is having gone through self-publishing journeys and having looked at all the points at which I can monetize it through affiliate links and things like that, and also ways that I can template the work that I do to make it uh, faster, more of a production line, so it takes less time out from marketing. Now what I'm doing is I'm using a service called Social Jukebox, which I've used before, and I'm teeing up uh, what will be 120 uh, tweets with graphics, which will be on rotation. And I'm going to constantly rotate these. So with 120 now, um, you know, you're not going to see the same one uh, probably take about what you probably see the same one tweet a month uh, will be the repeat cycle I'm guessing roughly about that and they're they're going to link back to the other interviews now the purpose of this is that um if you if you if you don't know about the podcast that everything all those 120 interviews are new to you um if you do know about the podcast maybe you came late you might see interviews that you weren't aware of um, and then you may also see interviews that you weren't interested in at the time and you think, oh, actually, I want to give that a listen now. So what I'm using, um, my podcast interviews are exactly the same as my books. They are my back catalogue. And you sh- like your books, you shouldn't forget your back catalogue. Um, you need to get it out there so that people can see it and access it. Now, um, in internet marketing, I can, I can tell you that anything that you do on the internet, it's the same actually in physical businesses as well. This this is how this is how it works. You, you you need to have a product, and you need to send traffic to that product. That product needs to convert browsers to buyers, and then you make money. So it's this it works on the internet. So when we have books, this is what I was saying right at the beginning of the podcast. You write a book just because you've written it doesn't mean people buy it. So you then need to send web traffic to it. And you send web traffic to it by list, being listed on Amazon, by taking part in giveaways, by doing book bug promos and free booksy promos and things like that, by tweeting about it on Twitter, by writing blogs. That's how you send web traffic to your book. If your book has a great cover and a blurb and testimonials, and Brian Cohen's the guy to tell you all about this stuff, it will convert. So somebody will look at it and buy it, and you will make money. And it's exactly the same for a shop on the high street. It's traffic plus conversion equals sales. The whole of business boils down to that <laughs> pretty well. Okay, you can boil it all down. So think of a high street shop. I open a shop for you know gentlemen's clothing on the high street. The traffic is people walking by the shop or people who see an advertisement for the shop on social media or newspapers or the television or radio or however I advertise it. That's the, the web traffic. So many people will come through the door of the shop. That's a part conversion. And then they will look at what I've got in the shop. And if they like it and it suits them, they will buy it. That's a conversion. And then I make money. So it all boils down to the same thing. Now, as authors and as a podcast host, 
we have our product is our books or in this case my episodes and 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 so with the podcast i'm working hard now uh, the same with the crypto podcast uh, uh, of wheeling out evergreen content so that i can get new traffic to the blog to get new uh, listeners, you know, you hopefully people who like it and then listen every week and listen to the back catalogue. But from a monetization point of view, um, they will see the affiliate offers at a certain number will buy them. They will see my books, which are promoted on there. And this is just traffic plus conversion equals sales. And, and, and everything boils down to that. And that's why I was having a tease about my marketing, because all I've done or what I've spent too much time out of doing, and this, and this is, you know, I'm telling you this because this is probably the same for you too, that we've written the books, but we're not giving equal emphasis to marketing and selling them. And when I was talking to you about the one thing, I was saying to you, well, there isn't really one thing as an author. Our, our thing is writing and selling books. That's what we do. And I think many authors don't do the selling. I, I'm not brilliant at it, but I know how to do the selling. And I wasn't doing it. And that's what was frustrating. I was just writing books and not selling them. So this is what I'm really burrowing into right now. So... If you follow me on Twitter, you you will start to see these promos. You know they're hashtagged. They send you straight back to the the page, and these are going to be going out on a rotational basis now, so that I can constantly uh, sweat my back catalogue with the podcast. And as I said to you last week, um, if you have activity that costs you money, it doesn't make you money. It costs you money. It's a hobby. It's only a business if it makes profit. Um, it's a business that won't last very long if it doesn't make profit. Um, and, and, and at that point, you have to say, well, is this a hobby or is this a, you know, because it's a failing business, it's a, it's a hobby effectively if you don't kill it. So that's why I'm focusing on all these things. That's why you've constantly been hearing me talking about marketing for the past uh, couple of weeks. So traffic plus conversion equals sales. That is it. That's it. <laughs> that's business. And that's all we do online. Um, and if you're not getting enough uh, traffic, uh, you need to work on that first. Because when you get traffic, you can work out whether you're getting conversions, i.e. are they buying my thing? And if they don't buy your thing, you'll make no sales. If they do, you'll make sales and you'll make money. And, and that's it. And that's all I'm focusing on this summer. Traffic plus the conversion element. Okay, so where are we? Oh, yes, this is a project I've been doing. So I so said I talked to you about this. So with that in mind... I want to make it as easy for people to buy more books or to buy a first book if they're getting a freebie. So um, this is a job I've had to park, unfortunately, this week. I'll tell you why in a moment. Um, so what I'm doing is I'm going through all my vellum files. Uh, and by the way, um, while I was doing this, I when I was doing it, I was about halfway through it. And I thought, oh, I should record a video on this and put it in Patreon. So if you are a Patreon supporter, you'll see this video pop up over the weekend. But I've shown exactly what I'm doing. So I can tell you about it on the podcast, but I'll show you how what I'm exactly what I'm doing um, in the Patreon if you're a Patreon supporter this week. And it'll probably pop up on Sunday uh, if you're listening to this on Saturday because uh, I've, I've done quite a few videos for Patreon recently and I just need to make sure they're released with a, a bit of a gap between them. So um, in my... In the front and back of my books, I have also by Paul Teague. And in every book, whether it's sci-fi or thriller, I list all of my books. Now, when I was on, uh, when I was just on Amazon, that was fairly straight, straightforward because Vellum put the link to Amazon in my book. And what I wanted to do was to see whether with Vellum, when I, when I, what Vellum does, when you, you produce a book and you export it to iBooks, Barnes and Noble, Google Play, and it creates bespoke files for each marketplace. 
with a click of a button. That's why I love it so much. And I was thinking, I'd said to you a couple of weeks ago, oh, I wonder if Vellum's clever enough to make the store links to iBooks or, or Barnes & Noble in, in the individual files. And also, I was wondering, is there some way I can control the generic EPUB file that it gives you so that when I put that file on InstaFreebie or BookFunnel, I can somehow link it to uh, books to, is it books to read? Hang on, I, I got this wrong the other week, didn't I? Come on, Paul. I've been working with it today. Books to read, the draft, the digital sort of universal link. Now, if this is a bit technical for you, the kind of shorthand is just look at look at books to read, which is a brilliant service that Draft the Digital provides. But basically, it gives you one link that can take you to all the marketplaces, and people can choose where they want to buy your book. It's very, very powerful stuff. So, so I this is what I was digging into. This was, was this was yesterday. Actually, it feels like a lot longer ago. It was yesterday I was doing this. Um, I'll tell you why I had to park it in a moment or two. So, what I want is every version of my book to have links to the marketplace in which it's bought. So I was digging in Vellum and it, and it does do that. It's, it does it brilliantly. It's very easy to do. And, um, but also what I, God, I love Vellum. I know you keep hearing me say it, but I do it. it just get it. Don't, don't fuss around, save up for it and get it. It is, it's brilliant. Everything they do is just brilliant. So, um, I, you can actually put in the generic EPUB books to, oh, I've forgotten it already. I've just closed the window down. I've, I've got a memory like a sieve of this stuff. I think I've got a blind spot with software names. You know, they've got funny names. I've got a blind spot with them. I could never get the names. It's books to read. So I've now added books to read links in the, in the, in the generic EPUBs. So the generic EPUBs are the ones that I list on Insta Freebie and Book Funnel. So that means that if you download a free book of mine in a promo, not only am I now pitching you my seven box sets, which I'm, I get paid directly for through Payhip. And incidentally, I've got regular payments coming into my business account now from Payhip, which is wonderful. I've just created another source of income. Now, look, I'm not going to get rich on this. It's it's just, you know, it's a trickle, not a flood. But these are direct book sales that I, I wouldn't have made coming straight into my account. And Payhip's uh, managing the VAT for me as well. So it's I've created a new income source from that. And it's, you know, in a small way it's working very well but it's great because every i keep looking at my bank account business bank account and, oh another payment from payhip oh and another payment from payhip it's fantastic so um you know it, it energizes us i think as authors when you see payments coming in even if they're small payments you know these regular payhip payments are not big but they're regular and i'm just thinking well i didn't have those payments a month ago and, and now i do i found another income source from using stuff that i had already so you know do bear these things in mind and those are coming from people who are buying free books sorry getting downloading free books so we're turning freebie seekers into buyers that's why i like getting those payhip that payhip income because they would they just got a free book Anyhow, I've lost where I was now. Oh, I know. So yeah, I was putting the books to read links in there and it's very, very easy. And I say, I'll show you how to do this in a video in Patreon. Um, but, uh, but I'm loving that. Now, the reason I had to stop doing it was because I realized, I hadn't realized, uh, that I haven't listed my standalone thrillers in Google Play, which means I don't have the Google Play links yet. And the other thing was, is I had the standalone don't tell Meg, Murder Place, Forgotten Children. The standalones were listed directly in Google Play, and my 
my longer term aim, I wasn't going to do it immediately, this has forced me to do it immediately, was to deactivate them in Google Play and move them to Publish Drive. So I can't finish that job now until I've got the Google Play links. That's all I'm waiting for. Um, so when Publish Drive, when they get published through Publish Drive and I get a page link where I can get the Google Play ID to put into Vellum, then every single one of my books is going to have those bespoke links in and you only have to do the work once so I've created a template page in vellum and then I just push that pull that into all of my books um so my my kind of three-pronged approach now with the books and this is why vellum is is just so easy you just open your core file you just make the change it's just an absolute breeze to do work like this when you're working in in vellum it really is um you know it, it's when I think of the hassles I used to have formatted books uh, and creating paperbacks, such a darn nuisance. But, you know, Vellum, in terms of your productivity, if you boil it down to hours, I can't remember how much Vellum costs, say, let's say $300. If you say your time's worth, you know, $20 an hour, I can't do the maths because I'm talking. I can't talk and do maths at the same time. So $300, share $20 an hour. In, in 15 hours, you'll have made that money back on Vellum in terms of the time that it saves. And when I look at the time it used to take me just to format a paperback book in Word, it used to take me forever to, to mess around with it. Okay. It is well worth your time just getting Vellum. I, um, you know, I wish I had an affiliate link for the blasted thing because I, I promote it enough. Um, I don't have an affiliate link for it, but uh, if the Vellum guys are listening, send me an affiliate link. Um, because the amount of selling I do on their behalf, I ought to have an affiliate link. Um, but it's just brilliant. Just, you know, there's not many things you hear me say, just get it. You know, if you want to be a, if you're serious about this, just get it. If you if you're planning on writing more books, it'll be well worth that expense, even though it might feel very expensive. Uh, it's an amazing thing. So um, th- this is all about turning f- uh, turning free book downloaders into paid readers, and it's about turning paid readers into um, repeat paid readers to get them to buy more books and I'm really hyper focusing on this now and this is what I was saying you know, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, say I'm beginning to reach the end I'm beginning to reach the end of the really core jobs that I wanted to do to make sure that every unit everything that I have in my armory I've maximized the opportunity to make income from that because my income comes from the books obviously but it also comes from the podcasts and you know making affiliate income and driving income through through those portals so you know, I just, you could, hopefully you could hear this sort of enthusiasm in my voice. I just, I know I'm doing all the right things and I know, I know it's not perfect and there's still a way to go. I've got some, many other things. I'm, I'm reading Chris Fox's relaunch your novel book at the moment. And I'm, I am, it's good actually, because I'm trying to decide whether I'm going to relaunch things like the secret bunker of the grid trilogy or whether I'm just going to leave them as they are. Uh, you know, where, where, where my time is best spent. Is it best spent writing new books or, or best spent making old books better? Um, but I, I'm, uh, so I'm working through all the Chris Fox books now. And then I, I want to read, uh, Brian Cohen's book about blurbs. And I'm going to be blurbing, you know, rewriting the blurbs. And, um, where was it I heard? Oh, I heard it on Joanna Penn's podcast the other day when she was talking to Publish Drive, um, talking about how you can put testimonials on blurbs that aren't Amazon I think Amazon has quite tight restrictions on it but you can put quite a lot of testimonials on on other portals so I'm going to be working through all of this stuff too so 
I've got the basic, I'll get the basic marketing sorted. Then I'm going to work, work through all the blurbs, whether I could put testimonials on them. I'm going to, you know, do whatever I'm allowed to on each of the portals. Now I'm listed wide and, um, you know, send more traffic to them. And then when I've done those things, I'm going to start paying for more, um, advertising. Um, you know, so, so that's kind of the, the strategy. And I want to make more money from the books I've got, uh, and, that, and before I start, uh, so I'm still, so my plan is still to write another book in this quarter, but I'll be in no rush to publish it until I feel like I'm on top of, um, you know, the, the marketing and the principles and I'm getting these, these, this core strategy right. Um, so that I can write and sell books, I probably won't get those books edited. I'll just pile them up. You know, they don't, they don't go out of date. They don't go, um, I, I can do it whenever I'm ready, but I really want to, I, I want to keep the writing habit going. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to sort of say, oh, I'm taking a half a year off writing. I don't want to lose the writing habit. So I will get back to writing. It's just a case of whether I'm going to edit and then publish those books. I'll, I'll, they'll just go on a pile probably until I feel that I've sorted or I, I've got to grips with all of this stuff. And I think that'll probably be, to be honest with you, to be fair, I think that will probably be 2019. I think I'll probably pick up the publishing schedule again in 2019. But I think the rest of this year is good to be about focusing on, on marketing and making what I've got work much better. So yeah, reading, um, I've got all the, the books here. Let's just lean over. Hang on. Sorry, I should have had these handy. Excuse me while I go off microphone. So relaunch your novel. Right to Market, Six Figure Author, How to Write a Sizzling Synopsis. Those are the books that are getting read next. Um, and Plot Gardening, which is another Chris Fox book. They're lovely and short, by the way. They're the sort of books I could read in the morning over my porridge uh, when I'm get going out to work. So they're very, very readable. I do recommend those. Um, they're a really excellent resource. So, you know, as you can tell, it's all about marketing at the moment. It will be about writing again very soon. Where are we writing? 12th of October is when I'm due to start writing again. And um, also, would you believe I have started booking dates now for 2019. So on my weekly schedule, I, uh, this is quite embarrassing to admit this actually, but I've print, I've now printed the, the weekly planner sheets, wait for it, to the 28th of April, which would be the 300th episode of this podcast. Well, it'll be, it would be Paul's podcast diary 150. Uh, but it will be, um, you know, if the interviews were weekly, it would be the 300th episode. So it's just me planning stuff out. And I, would you believe have penciled in the writing days that I, I would need to get another 90,000 word book done up to the end of March? But you'll know I'm a big planner. Um, what is it? I have this, I have it, I have it now. Um, on my planning sheet, uh, Robin Sharma, uh, who says, uh, do it now, sometimes later becomes never. And he, another phrase of his that I love is the things that plan, get planned are the things that get done. I've paraphrased that, but the things that get planned are the things that get done. So I, I'm a big planner, as you know, but this is how you get a 90,000 word book written. Um, you plan it, you work out what the type, what days you've got to write and you protect them. Um, I think even J.K. Rowling talks about that. You know, she says there's a quote of hers that says, designate your writing time and protect it fiercely. Don't let anybody try and get meetings in there or anything like that. So um, I, I agree with that. Okay, that's it for this week. Uh, the second thing that I forgot was just to thank uh, Tim Lewis for uh, sending me a tweet. Um, this was one of the things that I forgot to mention last week. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Tim is... 
<laughs> it's supposed to be working on a non-fiction book. I'm really interested in this, so we, we may get uh, Tim on for a, a set, second sitting when he does this, because he's he's written um, fiction. He's now writing a non-fiction book on um, social media, effectively, and he's spent a lot of time on this. And of course, he's le- you know like all of us, he's learned loads of tricks because he's, he presents a podcast, another highly recommended podcast, which is Begin Self Publishing, and um, Tim's been a guest on this show talking about his fiction. But uh, his tweet says, listening to your diary in a rare forest trip away from my book panic. <laughs> you sh- shouldn't be walking, Tim. You should be writing. You should be getting your book ready to launch. So thank you very much for that. And if you're um, wherever you are right now, if you're listening to me on your phone or you've got your phone with you, just take a snap. Let me see where you're listening. It's always great to see where you are. Tim is he's on a walk and it looks, uh, I think this is, a, you can tell it's a week or two ago because it looks like scorched earth. The grass looks like it's dying. It's so I look out my window in the UK at the moment, it's grey and rainy. It'll probably be like that till March now. Um, so I'm sure the grass will have revived since Tim did that walk. Okay, that is it then. Remember that you can support this podcast over on Patreon at patreon.com slash Paul T. I will be back with another diary update for you next Saturday. In the meantime, I hope you have a fabulous week of writing, editing, or whatever it is you're doing that's related to your indie author career. See you next Saturday. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.